that make sure the MFA is enabled, block latency authentications, understand what applications you have, what roles are enabled, turn on all the logs and configure the security policies, you're in pretty good shape. So, you know, you'll, you'll have something that at least has core security in place. And if you think about every one of those, if you don't do that, I mean, if you don't have MFA enforced, you're opening yourself to all kinds of, of pain. But if you're not understanding, you know, who has access, if you're not turning on these logs to understand what's happening when something does occur, and if you're not using that power of Microsoft by using those policies that they kind of adhere to and, and try to put into place, you're not you're not really leveraging what you're paying for. You're paying a lot for this service. You might as well use the services that uh, that's that available for that. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and active directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. Azure Active Directory is an enormous cloud identity and access management service, managing more than 1.2 billion identities and processing over 8 billion authentications every day. A key factor in Azure AD success is that Microsoft repeated a strategy it used extremely successfully for Active Directory itself. That is, to get a much-desired capability you have to get the directory service that capability relies on. For Active Directory, it was the Exchange mail system. People wanted Exchange. They wanted those email capabilities. But Exchange depends on Active Directory. So they installed Active Directory. And now that it's proliferated and is a staple in enterprise and medium environments all around the world, you can see the success of that strategy. Well, for Azure Active Directory, it's Office 365, now Microsoft 365. If you signed up for Office 365, guess what? You've got an Azure AD tenant. You might not even know you have it, but you've got it. Now what? My guest today is Doug Davis, Senior Product Manager here at Semperis. Doug's focus is on hybrid security and specifically Azure Active Directory security in a hybrid environment. Today, we're going to talk about the differences between securing Active Directory and Azure Active Directory, and what basic steps you can focus on to make your hybrid environment more secure. Welcome back, Doug. Hey, Sean. Great to be back. It's always been a good podcast, so looking forward to another one. Yeah, this is an area of perennial interest, and and it's not slowing down. There are more and more attacks. There are more Mm -hmm. and more capabilities. There's a lot to keep up with, so let's maybe start with the very basics again, in a sort of a just as a broad background for everybody, what's the difference between Active Directory and Azure Active Directory? The easiest thing to think about it is that one is very much under your own control. So from a, from a perspective, Active Directory is an infrastructure that that has a physical presence. You can touch it, you can feel it, you can manage it. Uh, everything is is under your control. If it 
if it goes wrong, that's your fault. If it works properly, that, that's yours as well. Whereas Azure Active Directory is really just a, a series of services that you have actually very little control over from a, a infrastructure perspective, uh, but provides a whole bunch of capabilities and really allows you to focus on particular productivity components without having to, to worry so much about the underlying technology or the underlying uh, infrastructure for that. So, you know, when I think about Active Directory versus Azure Active Directory, one is a physical manifestation of an identity provider. The other one is a cloud manifestation of an identity provider. And then once you get past that identity provider, you get into your, your resources and you go from there. So that's probably the biggest difference in thinking about the two. And so what then is different about authenticating to Azure Active Directory compared to traditional Active Directory authentication? Kind of continuing from, from what I was saying, you know, if you, when you go to authenticate an object for an Active Directory, you basically have to get to physical infrastructure that's within your corporate boundaries. So, you know, that these are going to be domain controllers, you know, Active Directory people for years have been, you know, very, uh, very, um, uh, you know, focused on on that physical infrastructure. So you own the server, you own the updating of the server, you own the, the configuration and design of your architecture. How many domain controllers do you have? Where are you going to locate these? Uh, where are they going to be geolocated? How is replication going to work? You really have to think a lot about where your infrastructure is available to your to your end users and as well managing that infrastructure and being basically the day-to-day custodian of that. Uh, whereas on Azure Active Directory, none of the infrastructure is owned by you inherently. So Microsoft provides, you know, all the same things. So, you know, provides the directory, the directory lives in the cloud. It provides the replication. It provides the the sustainability, it provides all the things that an Active Directory uh, administrator is kind of waiting that call at 2 a.m. when there's oh, there's, a, there's a sudden uh, vulnerability and there's a hot fix that you have to, to apply. On the Azure side, if that vulnerability is found, Microsoft is in charge of closing that vulnerability, hopefully. They don't always do a perfect job at it, but they're very good primarily at understanding where these vulnerabilities happen. And then backfilling that fix across all of the all of the services that that's provided for you. Whereas on the Active Directory side, if there's an important hotfix to be applied, unless it has to be applied to domain controllers and servers and everything like that, you have to go through and to be able to go through uh, each and every one of those uh, as well. So I think the core difference to talk, and also, you know, something that you do have to remember getting into this is that, you know, despite the fact that they have Active Directory in their name, you know, they are not in related technologies. You know, I always think about, you know, Active Directory lives on the, the East Coast and Azure Active Directory lives on the West Coast. And, you know, you know, sure, they're kind of related, but they're really uh, two different technology stacks. From that perspective, the way that you approach them has to be a very different perspective. And you can't take all the lessons that you learned from an Active Directory side and apply it to the Azure Active Directory side. And then Azure, because Azure is its own uh, thing, it's its own capability. It does have some uh, additive uh, features that get added and basically uh, get enabled whether whether you want them or not. A good example is some of the recent stuff around passwordless authentication, temporary access pass. That will just be enabled in your tenant and you can start leveraging that from identity perspective. Whereas on the on-premise side, you, you can you know, consider that more and say, okay, do I want to have new capabilities? So when there's an update to uh, to the Active Directory service or the Windows Server software, you can 
control the implementation of those things, which isn't always available on the Azure side. You get it when it comes out. Oftentimes, those services will be enforced from a Microsoft perspective. So sometimes you have to scramble a little bit on that side as well. But primarily, you have to think about them as two very different uh, technology stacks, and your approach to them has to be different as well. They're similar in name and high-level construct, but after that, they're very, very different. And, you know, to the point of what your description of Microsoft will handle a lot of the settings for you, a great example of that is password policy. Mm-hmm. There are some things you can adjust, very small things you can adjust in password policy, but you don't have the flexibility to do whatever you want with password policy as you do with Active Directory. That said, the basic password policy and some capabilities such as common password rejection is very thorough and very um, very robust compared to a typical Active Directory implementation. I guess an, another aspect of this, of course, is as is part of we're saying what's different under the covers are the fact that they, because they are they operate in completely different environments. They are they use completely different authentication protocols. And, and authorization protocols, namely OAuth 2 and OpenID Connect instead of Kerberos. And that's a, fa- that's a facet of the environment they live on. And in a hybrid environment, you ha- have to deal with all of these authentication protocols. And of course, to, as I'm thinking about this, to make things even more complicated, you can even have Azure Active Directory do Kerberos authentication for you to provide seamless SSO. Active Directory itself was designed during an era of network perimeter-based security. You could trust, you know, everybody is, we've all heard it described as the chocolate candy security construct, hard on the exterior and soft and gooey on the inside. (laughs) But in a cloud service, you can't have a network perimeter. So what is the perimeter that an Azure Active Directory administrator that has their own tenant, what's the perimeter that they need to secure? So it's an ever-evolving perimeter. It depends on what they want to put into it. So, you know, the, the perimeter for an Active Directory one is very much, you know, confined to the physical connectivity. So can you get to a domain controller physically on the Azure Active Directory side? It's very malleable. The perimeter can be as secure as you want it, but but the nature of Azure Active Directory is that it's an extendable uh, service. So Microsoft 365 is an example of that. And anytime that you add services, so you, you have your sort of authentication, your identity provider, which is Azure Active Directory, and then you're assigning a services to it. So Microsoft 365 is the most most uh, common one. And like you said in the introduction, it's what drives Azure Active Directory uh, adoption. But there's other services within Azure. There are other third-party tools that you can extend to. Um, because the connectivity access point for Azure is basically the internet as well, uh, endpoint management becomes a lot more complicated from that from that perspective, or at least a little bit more thought put, put into it. Um, and I think that permeable uh, or malleable perimeter is really something that people have to change their mindset when they move to a Azure Directory. Third-party applications, and this is any application that 
you know, provides a business value to the organization, but wants to use the Azure Active Directory identity. So think about single sign-on. Think Salesforce is a great example. You know, you would use Azure single sign-on and you use an application that Salesforce will put in place uh, within your organization uh, that gives them particular rights to pull things out. There's thousands of these now that are out there, but you're basically saying that the third-party vendor has a certain set of rights within your directory primarily read rights, but they might have write rights as well. And now your perimeter doesn't only just include what you control, but are those other third-party applications also being good custodians of your of your data and, and privacy? And that's Microsoft as well. So if you think about Teams and guest access to Teams, you have to think about that. Stream and access to any other documents that are within your environment. Conduit is through uh, Zerto directory to start with, but then the perimeter starts going out there. So you have to change the mindset from a perspective of fairly focused control to sometimes unfocused control, but done in, in a way that helps drive the business. There, there's a reason why uh, these things are very popular and you just have to manage them. So, you know, becoming an application manager uh, is going to be a different task that you take as you move to Azure Active Directory. And the way that you think about your perimeter will change uh, based on the business applications that drive within there. Uh, speaking from personal experience, hmm. being an application, and I wouldn't call it an application administrator, but having to vet and uh, confirm applications and that uh, want to use Azure Active Directory as an identity provider is definitely outside the experience area of most, you know, IT pros. We have, uh, you know, uh, uh, Azure Active Directory out of the box lets anyone add an application and do some degree of integration with Azure Active Directory. And what has emerged, you know, in the last couple of years as people are working on the basics of multi-factor authentication and strong passwords and all that is don't let just anyone um, do this with any application, you know, go through it and, and, and administrative. So in the Azure Active Directory administration portal under enterprise applications, you have the ability to require admin approval before applications are added. And one of Microsoft's basic recommendations is turn that on so that the global administrators have to approve the addition of a new application. And I will guarantee you but by, that by the time you get around to it, there's already going to be 20 or 30 random applications that have been added to Active Directory, Azure Active Directory, that you have to go back and then try to, try to figure out. Exactly. And they're not always well-named or explain what, what they do. That comes up with a good point because Microsoft does learn from their mistakes. You know, that was a very open system. They're now starting to enforce. So if you're new, if you, if you have if you you know stand up in Azure Active Directory uh, tenant today, there's a number of default security settings which which you know don't allow self registration of applications is one of those uh, because they did learn you know you know they did want this application ecosystem to be powerful and usable, um, but you know it 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 did often you know result in applications being registered that uh, maybe should have been rethought a little bit as it went through. And that's one thing that you do have on the Azure side that you don't have on the, have on the Active Directory side is Microsoft will tune 
the system, you know, continually. Uh, they'll add capabilities, try to enforce things. You know, people starting Azure AD will be much more, you know, taken down the route of enforcing MFA from the first day of always questioning, you know, particular security settings, asked to uh, review security settings that, you know, somebody that start, that tried it two or three years ago, you know, had to sort of learn, learn the hard way. And that is also probably one of the things that that people don't necessarily always think about but and it comes back to that conversation we were having earlier on is that you don't have to well you have to worry about it you always want to keep up to date and make sure what's happening but Microsoft will you know tune the system in the back if there's a vulnerability that they are aware of uh, that has you know overtaken uh, you know or, or, or been able to drill into a particular tenant They'll take that vulnerability, resolve it, and then spread it throughout all their tenants. They've done that a number of times this year publicly, and I'm sure they do it hundreds of times without really letting you know, letting folks know in the back end when they find that there's a vulnerability or a potential vulnerability as they review it, they'll close that off. And and that makes your job you know, more focused on some things that are potentially more operational in, in, in nature, but on the pure security setting side, like you were talking about some of the settings, some of the settings on app, app registrations and, and going in it and modifying those. So you don't have to worry so much about is the service up to the latest revision. It's always going to be the latest one and it'll be a common experience over all the tenants. So people are comparing their tenants. They'll often have, you know, hundred percent the same uh, experience. But you do have to then start tweaking it, you know, massaging it to say, you know, what level of app registration do I want? You know, what happens if I want to get around some of these MFA constraints with conditional access policies? And you really start becoming more of a security specialist as opposed to an operational uh, specialist. You're not having to get too, too involved in the back end, but more and more on the front end as Unified communication comes into play and Teams becomes probably, you know, one of the biggest drivers behind Microsoft 365 taking over from traditional exchange and, and email, understanding how those settings impact on things and ensuring that certain things are locked down, turning certain things on like data loss protection and making sure that user risk policy and logging is on. Those things will be things that, that will become more important day to day for an Azure Active Directory administrator versus an AD administrator who has to keep their eye on the server and make sure that it's up to date and the infrastructure is in place for, from those vulnerabilities perspective. Right. I mean, even though it's easy to turn these things on, they're not free. In, in no. other words, there's an administrative overhead that comes with when you turn on locking down, adding enterprise applications, because now there's an approval process and you get, and I can speak from personal experience, you get these random apps hmm. that somebody in sales is asking for, and you have no idea what it is and you have no idea, you know, what's the point behind it. And you've got to go off and investigate it to do your due diligence so that you don't fall into the classic mode of, well, I'm in a hurry. I'm just going to turn it on, <laughs> which yeah. is how we end up with 50 uh, domain administrators in an Active Directory environment. So one of the core security constructs in Active Directory are the security principles, you know, users, groups, and computers, and of course, the attributes associated with them. Those are the objects that an Active Directory organization is, is built on. Now, Azure AD has its own users, groups, and roles. But but these are very different animals under the covers, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, you know, 
users will have a different attribute set than they have an active directory. You know, the way you apply them is a little bit different. They don't have SIDs, you know, and SID histories and things like that. Um, you know, probably one of the biggest changes is that groups get demoted and roles get promoted. You know, groups are really just groups, you know, they're grouping of, of objects and you can use them for various things, uh, but they don't have any inherent uh, um, features. There's no global admin groups or anything like that. That's been taken over by roles. You know, roles are, as the name um, uh, suggests, it's a role, a specific role within Azure Active Directory. And these roles, they can be predefined and there's a whole bunch of predefined ones and they can be very specific in what they're given out. But you can also create custom roles that give very specific rights out and that, that's really a different paradigm than what you have with the group uh, structure and even going down to machine level groups and, 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 and whatnot. There's, the roles are, there's only one role for, for global admins, for example, for the entire infrastructure and memberships of those roles are global in, in nature as well. And just thinking about them a little bit, you know, differently approach that you need to do in a Active Directory. Get my two cents in here and my frustration. One of the things about Active Directory groups is that they're so well thought out. Universal, global, domain local. We have this dog's breakfast of groups yep. in Azure Active Directory distribution groups, uh, Azure AD security, security groups, groups, mail enabled yeah. Azure Directory yeah. security yeah. groups, Unified Office 365 yeah. groups, yeah. Yeah. mail enabled Office 365 groups. Every day I'm discovering different services uh, may or may not only accept one type of group or another type of group. So um, <clears throat> if nothing else, and I wish I had a brilliant answer for you on this, but I don't. <laughs> if nothing else for the listeners is, pay, this is an area to pay attention to early on and try not to make it any worse than it already is. But it's a pretty horrible story right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is one of the bigger challenges as well is that, you do, you know, things that you're familiar with, like a group in Active Directory. Yes, there's a concept of a group in a Active Directory, but it's not applied in the same way and get very frustrating. And that's where vulnerabilities happen when you think you have your hand, a handle on something and then you realize you don't. You know, one of the bigger shocks earlier on was that when you join a guest sometimes to a team uh, that's persistent and they have access to some of the other uh, resources within that. Uh, Microsoft's uh, tightened it down a little bit, but it's really hard to understand that. And roles in particular, exactly as you said, there's so many of them, they're, they're not very well defined. Some of them you know, are kind of close to naming. So like, which one do you actually need? And you have to go a little bit deeper into them. But the, the nice thing is that there's you know, six or seven core roles that you sort of can focus on. And if you can get away with not using too many, you know, that's a good approach uh, to it. But that's a totally different mindset. Role management is something that was, there's no concept of that on, on the Active Directory side. Uh, and then as Active Directory, it, it, it permeates and runs everything from an access perspective, uh, you know, beyond just being a, a, a standard user. There are a couple of aspects of this that I think are really worth bringing out. The first is that we all know what we're supposed to do, which is to not use the same account for both regular and administrative access. Well, and it's a little easier in Azure Active Directory if you get privileged identity management, the capabilities of privileged identity management, which you and I have specifically done, which him, Azure Active Directory privileged identity management, gives you the ability to grant a user uh, to elevate to a role, but they have to justify it. It's time limited. You can put a lot of controls around it. And from a compliance point of view, it's a very, very good thing. The drawback is that it requires 
Azure Active Directory P2 or some equivalent thereof. But the good news is you don't have to buy it for everybody. You only have to buy it for your administrators. So which obviously, hopefully, dramatically lowers the number of users you'd have to buy that higher license for. The other aspect in a hybrid environment like this is generally you don't want to take your administrative accounts. You want to keep your administrative accounts out of Azure Active Directory Connect and not replicate them up into Azure Active Directory. So that is a good overall security uh, consideration. The fallout of that is that if you are for your on-premises apps, if you are doing some kind of uh, front-end Azure Active Directory authentication, you're using Azure Active Directory. For example, if you're using Application Proxy or uh, a similar construct to provide um, extra security in the logon process, that means that you can't log on to that app or that server with administrative accounts, with an administrative account because it doesn't exist in Azure Active Directory. So it's sort of a double-edged sword. Um, and again, these are all the these are all the many twists and turns associated with managing a hybrid environment. Exactly, and we won't we won't get into it today. But understanding your subscription, you know, whether you're doing you know, Office Premium versus E3 versus E3, uh, sorry E5, P1, P2, that will have you know, an impact on what's available from a security context. And and that's another difference, you know, from Active Directory, you tend to get everything in the box, you paid for the server, and it's either there or it's not. Whereas you can tune your, your Azure Active Directory uh, system um, and, you know, go as deep as you want in some cases. So E5 with, with P2 is a pretty deep, but it's also expensive, uh, you know, so you do have that thing you have to kind of approach. And I think a lot of people default to a particular subscription that may just not quite give them exactly what they want. So part of their journey is learning that and, and but, you know, changing it as, as you move forward, you can add those licenses at any time. Microsoft makes it easy to buy things. That's for sure. That's very true. So you've talked to a lot of admins uh, in your, in your role as a product manager. What have you learned from them about the challenges of managing a hybrid environment? What do people say? Well, one of the biggest things they say is that there's not a lot of guidance on what happens when you merge these things together. So hybrid's a funny word. It, it's either can be either negative or or positive, you know, and, and the positives is that, you know, you're able to bring these two infrastructures together in a meaningful way and synchronize uh, information between the two. The negative is that Microsoft kind of wants you to be in Azure directory itself. So they don't put a lot of it. They say, okay, there it is. We're, you have a hybrid environment. Don't look for a lot of management tools. They struggle in a hybrid environment trying to bring the two uh, the two together. It's often turned on so quickly or enabled so quickly that they're rushing to keep up and they need some good advice on what are the first five things we should do. When you look at the Office 65 admin tools, it's a daunting set of admin centers and often the admin centers are are you know, in the process of being replaced by a new admin center. Um, so it's that lack of a clear, what does hybrid management mean within a Microsoft context? And as well, having to 
very rapidly try to understand a totally different infrastructure of tools and capabilities and knowing what's important. What do you really have to, to, to do? And how do you set that down? Some of the best advice that I've seen, you know, last little while is, you know, get to know the Microsoft security defaults and, and kind of go through those. And that'll at least get you the barn door, if not locked, at least has a little bit of, of a give to it. And then kind of go a little bit deeper down into there. And then there's just this this challenge of the attacks that we're seeing these days leverage that vulnerability. They know this is you know maybe a potentially soft underbelly. This hybrid infrastructure is something that's that's undermanaged, and they'll look for. You can have a very secure Active Directory, but there'll be maybe a vulnerability on the Azure side that allows you to go through. Or conversely, and what we're probably seeing a little bit more at the moment is there's a vulnerability on the Active Directory side that can be leveraged to get through to the Azure Active Directory side. And without that really clear management framework within Microsoft, uh, it's a struggle for them to say, you know, to their to their managers, you know, we ha- we're hybrid now. Do we have the right tools that that will say, you know, we're able to keep that you know, under control and reduce the the risk to vulnerabilities that this hybrid infrastructure brings to the table. Well, you'd mentioned, uh, you know, like the top five things that you should try to attack right away in this daunting presence. I know first time that I encountered the uh, Azure portal and the redesigned, uh, used to be called Ibiza back in the day, or if or if you're a cattle on Ibiza, I guess, Azure Active Directory portal is an animal itself to figure out. What five things would you steer someone to? Get the basics, as, as you say, at least, you know, closing the lower part of the barn door. Sure. I mean, probably the best thing to do is there's a, an Azure Active Directory service called SecureScore that you can go to and SecureScore will go through that. But, you know, the things that there always would be like, basically, is MFA being enforced? Are you blocking legacy authentication? So, you know, are you using moderate authentication methods and tracking and limiting rights and roles, application uh, rights and, and roles, um, and turning on all the logs? So, Microsoft. You know, they don't want to have to pay for storage like everybody else. So oftentimes audit logs aren't turned on, mailbox logs aren't turned on and turn on the policies. So user risk policies and data loss prevention policies. So if you do that, make sure the MFA is enabled, block legacy authentications, understand what applications you have, what roles are enabled, turn on all the logs and configure the security policies. You're in pretty good shape. So, you know, you'll, you'll have something that at least has core security in place. And if you think about every one of those, if you don't do that, I mean, if you don't have MFA enforced, you're opening yourself to all kinds of, of pain. But if you're not understanding, you know, who has access, if you're not turning on these logs to understand what's happening when something does occur, and if you're not using that power of Microsoft by using those policies that they kind of adhere to and, and try to put into place, you're not you're not really leveraging what you're paying for. You're paying a lot for this service. You might as well use the services that uh, that's that available for that. Well, great. Uh, Thanks for the the tips, Doug. As a follow-up on this, we have several blog posts, and Doug has several blog posts on our website. So if you go to semperis.com forward slash blog, uh, we have a lot of blogs out there, but Doug has got some that that step into detail of this exact topic. So thank you very much for your time, Doug. Uh, Enjoy the conversation as always. Talk to you next time we get together to chat about Azure Active Directory. Looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Doobie. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. 
visit hipconf.com. That's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.